whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is the Military Report with Dr. Lee for America, and my guest is retired Lieutenant Colonel in the U.S. Air Force JAG, Davis Younts, with two decades of experience in the U.S. military, and his last position in the military in the JAG Corps was Chief of military justice for the U.S. Air Force JAG School. Really an expert and a dedicated defender of the rule of law, the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and the U.S. Constitution. Davis has represented many of our military service members in defending their human and civil rights against the unlawful mandates for the experimental COVID gene therapy shots, the unlawful mandates for emergency use authorization of masks and test kits. And he is a man of deep faith and love of America, something that seems to be in short supply in this current administration that seems hell-bent on destroying the code of ethics, the code of honor, the code of duty, and the military officer's oath to serve the U.S. Constitution, not a political party or political agenda or individual of a president. This is very alarming, what is happening, what has been happening to the U.S. military under the purge of Christians and conservatives and officers that took place under the eight years of the Obama administration, which I watched happened and did a lot of media interviews about what was happening to our military readiness and the uniform code of military justice and honor to the constitution and the oath in those eight years. And that has skyrocketed and escalated on steroids under the Biden administration. And with Truth for Health Foundation, we have done multiple military oriented press conferences about the purge of the Christians and conservatives and people of faith, not just Christians, Jews, Christians, and even devout people of other faiths are being purged from the military with religious mandates no longer honored for any of the experimental shots or even traditional shots where they have always been allowed all the way around we are seeing very dire and ominous changes happening to the U.S. military, and no one better to talk about that from firsthand experience and his defense work for military service members than Davis Yance. Davis, welcome to the program again. Thank you for your dedicated service to America and your service since you retired last year from the Air Force. Doc. Thank you so much. It's always an honor to uh, to chat with you. Well, tell us what's happening in the military right now. The, the, mil- the purge continues. I mean, the mandates have not really gone away. They've just taken a different tact in trying to enforce people to get experimental COVID shots now combined with flu shots. And there is a lack of honoring religious exemptions. Tell us more what's going on and the recent directive with regard to uh, transgender and other issues in the military. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'd kind of like to frame it this way so that that everyone understands what we're dealing with. What what we have to remember is the the Department of Defense will throw out different they'll throw out different numbers, different statistics and things like that. And it can be really easy to lose focus on what's actually happened. So the key number that the Department of Defense has admitted to is when the vaccine mandate came out, there were 264,000 members of the United States military. That's 13% of the total force that were unvaccinated, that were that were unwilling and that did not want to take this experimental vaccine. Now, when the mandate came out, we don't know. The DOD will not capture this number. This number has been very difficult to track down. But we know there were over 100,000 members of the United States military that got out. They either got out medically, they retired early, they retired they didn't re-enlist, or they found some other way to leave the military. Now, the Department of Defense will only admit to about 8,000 military members that were discharged as a result of not getting the vaccine, okay? But but there's this huge number, and I provide that huge number, and I do believe it's over 100,000, just for context of we are in the middle of a recruiting and retention crisis, and we lost over 100,000 members of the military um, during this time frame. So you just you have to put that into context because the Department of Defense will focus on that smaller number, that 8,000 number. So that was devastating to the ranks of our military because – and I've talked about this before. But these individuals that we lost because of this, so many of them were were senior people. They were commanders. They were fighter pilots. They were uh, special operators. They were Navy SEALs. They were others who you cannot easy, easily replace. A, a fighter pilot takes six years to go from beginning of their training to where they're op operationally ready, ready to to fly and compete in combat is six years. So that's that's the kind of time frame we look at. So we have to we have to start with that and say, okay, what is happening now? What's continuing to happen now is that any religious accommodations for anything related to, related to medical treatment or vaccines, they're simply being summarily denied. Now, prior to COVID, that didn't happen. Prior to COVID, medical and religious exemptions to vaccination were common. They were not unusual at all. They were a common thing. The process was in place. But now we have the De Department of Defense has created the Department of Defense Health Agency. They've centralized everything. They've made it much more political and much more bureaucratic. And so what you have now is individuals who have a sincere religious objection or a legitimate medical issue, medical concern, which, frankly, we should all have medical concerns with these vaccines, um, so-called, but that have those that would qualify for an exemption in the past, are, those are being denied summarily now. So this this is creating an ongoing purge of Christians and others in the military that are simply unwilling to blindly comply with these um, evil policies that are forcing experimental product products on our military members. Just a few weeks ago, another COVID product, the Novavax product, was approved as an EUA product, as an EUA product, when the emergency is supposedly over, but it's still being approved for EUA use. And the dangerous thing about this is this one is proposed as being ethical. However, rather than doing what the other um, vaccine manufacturers did, where they did the testing using aborted fetal cells themselves for Novavax, Novavax, the company that did it, said it was ethical. They simply paid a third party to do the, the um, aborted fetal cell testing issue. So there was a lot of misinformation that was put out. Um, fortunately, we we're able to get out of ahead of, ahead of it and get a lot of good information out there to folks what was happening with Novavax. But that's all continuing. So that's that's the backdrop of where we are at with the, the COVID vaccine. The other update I have relates to the ongoing punishment of individuals who did file a religious accommodation or a medical exemption prior to Congress acting in the mandate as it directly relates to the mRNA injections um, being put on pause. And what happened there is I have several clients. It's more on the Air Force, but there are more clients coming where the bureaucrats within the military are using security clearance 
approvals as a method to continue the purge. In other words, if you were someone who had a genuine objection to the vaccines and you filed accommodation paperwork where you criticized the mainstream media narrative or you put out or you said, hey, these, there's risks associated with this vaccine, you are now you're, you, we are seeing individuals and I have clients whose security clearance is being put at risk or revoked because they're saying we we don't trust your judgment anymore because you were putting out misinformation. But with one of my clients, Dr. Fleet, one of my clients, all they did was link to studies that showed that there was a risk of myocarditis and another just simply risked the studies, studies that showed early on that the vaccines did not have any efficacy, that they did not prevent infection or spread. And now, you know, that 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 was being labeled misinformation when we know it's not, but that that hasn't restored my client's security clearances yet. Now I'm confident we are going to win those cases ultimately, and we have already won um, one, but um, it is just it's a devastating process for my clients. So that's on the vaccine related side, Dr. Bleet, that's that's kind of um, what's there. And then I can certainly speak to some other concerns that are coming on on board very rapidly for the military. Well, to just wrap up on the vaccine front, the Novavax is still has the risk of the complications seen with the other COVID shots. It also has no regulatory oversight on the manufacturing process, the supply chain ingredients, whether or not the plants are properly inspected. They've waived all of those. So it is no safer and no more effective than the others, regardless of what kind of spin they want to put on it medically. And that's one concern. And, and of course, the misrepresentation, the deception about the fact that they were being ethical. Well, they're only ethical to the point that they didn't do the testing, but they're lying, which is unethical, when they paid someone else to do it with the aborted fetal cells. But this using the security clearance as a weapon to coerce the vaccination with these experimental gene therapy agents that are deadly and toxic by design medically. And we've had many experts testifying to that. Then we are further decimating and the military readiness at a time of heightened tensions around the world and an invasion on our borders. I mean, we are, just, we are as vulnerable with our Southern border wide open as Israel was when none of their defenses were allowed to operate normally to defend their border. No, but what happened you're... in Israel is quite, quite likely to unfold right here, right in my state of Arizona with the weapons that are on our border already and the fact the border's open and the hordes of military-aged males coming across. So it is a very dire situation that you're talking about with that many people lost from the military and the fact that they're continuing the purge. No, you're absolutely right. And then, and then we have to wonder you know, why, why we can't learn and understand history, right? This is, this is fall of the Republic type um, scenarios that we see unfolding, because if we continue to have recruiting and retention shortfalls, not only is that devastating to the military, not only are you looking at a military that anyone who is a free thinker, a cautious thinker, anyone who is concerned about their own health, uh, anyone who's not a sheep, um, has the potential of being purged already or may have already left the military. But you have a scenario where we're absolutely going to see um, uh, non-citizens being brought into the military in potentially unprecedented numbers. Um, and we've always had a path to that, right? We've always had a path to citizenship. Um, and we've had scenarios at times in the past, decades ago, where where that was a great path because you had people who were uh, really, truly willing to to serve and to er help earn their citizenship that way. And I've known some, you know, extremely loyal, extremely grateful um, who were uh, became, you know, 
U.S. citizens through the military process. But look at the fall of Rome. You had a scenario in which um, so many of the Roman soldiers were actually not Roman citizens. They had more loyalty to the invaders than they did to their own nation. Um, and so we have to be wise and we can't just ignore the safety and security of our own border, especially in a scenario in which um, Americans are not willing to serve, Americans that are capable and able to serve in a military that has been a purge, that is hostile to traditional American values, that's hostile to Christians. Those individuals don't want to serve. The people we need to serve don't want to serve, and they're going to be potentially replaced with non-citizens. And, and then the question becomes, who is vetting those non-citizens? What nations are they from? And are they nations that are traditionally hostile to basic Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian values, and even to, um, you know, come from from places where they would simply uh, just prefer to murder Jews and Christians than to live peaceably with them. So all of those are sincere concerns. We can't miss the importance of that. And I do think an open border with no security and no vetting and a path to citizenship that can come through military service is deeply concerning. And and keep in mind, I don't know what the timetable is today, but I do know when I was still on active duty in the early 2000s, it would take most of the recruits would be would have completed basic military training prior to their security clearance coming back. What do I mean by that? In other words, the six weeks that it take took to get through basic Air Force military training then, now it's eight weeks, but six weeks, some some people would graduate basic training and then their security clearance would not be approved, but they would already have finished that training. I was deeply concerned about that then. I don't know what the current timeline is, but I doubt that it is much more efficient because it tends not to get efficient over time. That clearance process has not sped up. Well, Davis, um, with all that the reports that we're getting from Border Patrol ethical law-abiding Border Patrol agents and retired military who are at the border tracking what's happening, you couldn't even do a security clearance on the people, the military-aged males that are coming across the border. They don't even have reliable paperwork. And we already know from former special forces, retired military that are working in Panama and documenting the fact that, yes, Venezuela did release people from the prisons and send them up through the Darien Gap, through Mexico, into the U.S. So you can't even do a security clearance evaluation if you have no documentation for any paperwork on the people that are coming from these countries that don't have records to begin with. No, you, you're absolutely right. And then it, and it just raises a concern of when they try to do some sort of a clearance, what does that look like? And is the documentation or paperwork even in any way reliable? And we know it's not going to be, unfortunately. No, in fact, I think they won't even go through the motions of doing one. The, the real concern from those of us in the border states is that they are concentrating, they're providing facilities for large numbers of these military-aged males. And one of our own staff for the foundation has been, it lives near the Arizona-Mexico border. And he said, Dr. Bleed, there are piles of discarded camo attire left along the highways. Someone is providing these people with camouflage attire to facilitate them getting across the border, and someone's providing them with regular clothes once they get here, and then there, he said every day he's driving Interstate 10, Interstate 19 in southern Arizona and some of the roads in the overall Rio Rico, Green Valley, Sierra Vista area. And he said there are just literally piles 
of this camouflage clothing just stacked, peeped by the roadside. And he said, it's almost like they're not even hiding it. It's almost like they want you to know that they've come in that way and now they are no longer wearing camo and they'll blend in with the rest of the people. Wow. It's a very chilling scenario. And he's the same person <clears throat> that just documented today that there was no border scrutiny whatsoever coming back through the border checkpoint from Nogales to Nogales, Sonora, Mexico to Nogales, Arizona. And the interior checkpoints, border checkpoints in Arizona, closer to the border, had been totally shut down. No agents, no nothing, no checking. No checking of vehicles, no checking of the tractor-trailer trucks coming up. Could they be bringing produce? Yes, of course. Could they be bringing more ominous cargo? Of course, because no one's checking it now. Right. That's right. Well, and you don't have you don't have the political leadership even at the state level in Arizona now to even care to do anything about it if they wanted to. You're right. No, uh, most of the larger counties in Arizona, in in um, Arizona, Maricopa, Pima, and several others, particularly Santa Cruz on the border, are relatively lawless sanctuary cities where the sheriffs do not enforce the laws on the books. So it's, it's very alarming. Let's take a break and we'll come back and talk more about the military because this does tie into the military because I think they are bringing in the replacements for the people that they are purging. That is a very chilling thought. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report military segment. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org and download our treatment guide if you've taken the COVID shot and have had complications affecting your health. Download our medical and legal help guides as well. And also check out our new truthforhealthstore.com where we have high quality exclusive professional formulas of nutraceuticals that are not available except through medical practitioners. And that is our commitment to you to bring you high quality options to help you restore your health and resilience. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with my guest, Attorney Davis Younts, retired Lieutenant Colonel in the U.S. Air Force and a member of the JAG Corps. And last position was Chief of Military Justice Division for the U.S. Air Force JAG School, representing many of our military service members and many of the legal grant recipients from the Truth for Health Foundation as well. So, Davis, we were talking about how the open border and the military-aged males coming across the border provides a ready pool of men. We don't know where they come from. We don't know what their background is. We don't know where their loyalties might lie. Not likely America. And that's very concerning when you pointed out that we had 264,000 military service members who were unwilling to take the experimental shot. That was 
13% of the military, and over 100,000 military service members found a way to leave the military, either retirement or not re-enlisting or another medical reason for leaving, rather than take the experimental shots. And so we've already had a severe loss of experienced personnel, highly trained fighter pilots and special ops people, as well as higher level commanders and officers. But now we're having trouble recruiting and the purge is continuing. And what else is going on that concerns you affecting our military readiness? So there are there are several things we're seeing, and I, I want to start with the concern that we've had, what's been growing on the horizon. So an, an example of it was two weeks ago, uh, a whistleblower gave me um, a documentation from the Air Force. It was a training slide that the Air Force was using for their sexual assault prevention training. And one of the things that they did on this slide is they identified um, risk factors and they said, hey, if if you meet someone who has these characteristics, they are a higher risk to commit commit an act of sexual assault. Okay. One of the risk factors was a uh, someone who is proud of their masculinity. Oh, what? Okay. okay, that was one, and it gets gets worse. That was number one. The next one that was concerning said. Anyone who has a traditional view of sex and gender. Oh, my heavens. That is shocking. That That is staggering. That they what? are claiming those are risk factors for sexual assault? Yes. Yes. Official Air Force training, official Air Force training side, anyone who, who is masculine proud of their masculinity or anyone who has a traditional view of of sex and gender so what what does that mean this this comes on you know years now really since um the biden administration there was some of this before president trump put an end to a lot of it but it was all of the the critical theory the dei the marxist principles being infiltrated into the military but now it's becoming more and more targeted and they really are focusing around things that we think of as traditional american values traditional things that we need in the military right and I, and I, i'm sorry and i don't want to be controversial but there are roles and tasks in the military such as becoming a navy seal that that a female has not successfully completed that training yet because there are requirements and if they don't compromise on the requirements that take to be necessary there won't be a female maybe someday there will be but there won't be a female that completes that training so so what do i mean by that you need men you need strong men you need strong women but you need strong men in the military to say to military members who are serving if you are if you are proud of your masculinity if you take pride in being a strong man traditional man then then you are probably a sexual predator but then to take it even further and say someone who has a traditional view say a christian view of gender and sex they're at greater risk to commit sexual assault so you're dividing you're creating this division you're demonizing the people that you need to serve in the military and then take it a step further what happened on national coming out day October, I didn't realize there was such a thing. I suppose I should have. But on October 11th, the, the Uniform Public Health Service, and I'll explain what that is in just a second, but the Uniform Public Health Service under Admiral um, Richard Levine, I refuse to call him Rachel, under Admiral Richard Levine, um, issued a new gender policy, which will make it essentially a violation of a an order a violation of an a lawful order according to them lawful order to refuse to refer someone to someone by their preferred pronouns okay so what is this people don't even understand what the uniform public health service is it is a 
uniform wearing part of the Department of Defense that also falls under Health and Human Services. They provide all of the uniformed military medical support to the Coast Guard, and they also support the other branches of the military and provide public health and other health services to military members. They wear a uniform, they have military rank, and they provide medical services as part of our government. It's just that part of their authority when they're not deployed falls under the Department of Health and Human Services. Admiral Levine is their four-star admiral um, who's in charge of that organization, and um, he is the one that has put out this policy. And so understand, I called him a he. um, And so even just doing that, if I was still wearing the uniform, would be potential grounds for um, adverse action. And again, if I refuse to comply, it could be grounds for a potential court-martial, not unlike someone who didn't wear a mask um, when they were told to during COVID or someone who didn't receive one of these experimental shots. Um, So I already have um, several clients that fall under this uh, Uniform Public Health Service that serve in that, that are Uh, that have come to me and we're early on in developing a strategy. But part of the reason why I wanted to come on and talk to you, talk about this with you is I really think this is a test case. I really think um, that, that the bureaucrats within the department of defense, within our government are trying this out as a test case. They want to see what the reaction is. They want to see if people will comply or if they'll be willing to stand up. They want to see how Christians will react to this because they know it is a direct violation of truth, right? We're playing pretend when we play these games, but also um, it's a direct violation of of traditional Christian faith. They know that um, their desire is continue to make to make it uncomfortable for Christians to to serve. They're outright hostile to religious faith in the military. And if we don't push back, if we don't draw attention to this, I you know I think they're going to be rolling this out with the other services. The other services have been teaching gender inclusion, gender diversity, gender sensitivity training. They've been doing it at the military service academies. We've all seen the slides from the Air Force Academy. We know it's being taught. We know they have these draft policies in place throughout the federal government. They have them in place throughout the other military branches. It's just that this Uniform Public Health Service is the first one to actually put it out to their uh, uniformed service members as well as their civilian employees. Well, and that fits with making a mockery of the uniform public health services by putting a man pretending to be a woman in as a four-star admiral. I mean, it's, it's just disgusting and they know that and they are rubbing our noses in it. Well, absolutely. And, and understand that, that Admiral Levine was rewarded with this position because of the draconian things he tried to do in Pennsylvania. Now, fortunately, we have a lot of good sheriffs in Pennsylvania. A lot of sheriffs just pushed back, and these things were unenforceable. And we had a very weak governor who, uh, when anyone didn't comply, we could push back. Outside of Philadelphia and parts of Pittsburgh, there was tremendous push pushback in Pennsylvania and very little enforcement. But absolutely, this uh, admiral... Levine was rewarded for the things that he tried to do. And well, tell our listeners what some of those were, because you live in Pennsylvania and you have a better understanding of that. Well, it started out with they attempted to do lockdowns where if you if you left your house, you would receive a ticket. So in the first week of that lockdown, someone did a young woman did. um, And then the local county. Uh, DA and others refused to enforce it. Uh, they tried to shut down all the businesses. So really everything that was done in in parts of New York and California, they really did try here. And that's what um, Levine wanted. I mean, the most extreme COVID measures you can think of, that's what they tried to do here. Um, and they absolutely did try to revoke um, any sort of religious um, exemptions to vaccination in Pennsylvania. Um, it's difficult to do in Pennsylvania. It's Pennsylvania is not necessarily a conservative state um, because of large areas like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. However, you have a long history of re- religious freedom in Pennsylvania. You have William Penn that founded it as a bastion of religious freedom, and you have large swaths of 
um, plain people, Mennonites and Amish that do not and have not participated in vaccination, didn't participate in the lockdowns at all. They refused to comply as well. Um, and so you have that history. But it was very, very difficult in Pennsylvania when it first started. They they shut down the churches here. Um, they did a lot of very um, difficult things, but there was a lot of pushback, fortunately. But Levine is in the position that he is in now as a reward for doing those things that he did. And what very few people understand about Dr. Levine is Dr. Levine is a psychiatrist. Dr. Levine has never been a public health expert, has never been a virologist, an epidemiologist, um, any of those expertise. That's that's not even his expertise. Davis, yes. What was Dr. Levine's role in Pennsylvania as a psychiatrist? We know that the field of psychiatry now basically has become, although they have MDs, they don't practice medicine. They don't do medical evaluations of patients and they simply follow the symptom guidelines and prescribe psychotropic medication. I don't know of a single psychiatrist that I've collaborated with over the last 25 years that does physical exam and labs on their patients. Right. And I've worked with a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists in the work that I do. And I agree. No, he was the essentially what you would think of as the head of the Pennsylvania Department of Public Health. Oh. Pointy. Wow. I had not realized that about his background. And so then along comes the Biden administration, making him a four-star admiral. That's right. Again, a slap in the face on traditional values, traditional medical training, and all of the other aspects that they are working so hard to make a mockery of. Right. And and to the point of calling him the first female four-star admiral in our military history, right? So, I mean, that, that's just such a slap in the face to all of the brave women that have served in our military and achieved high rank to give him, um, uh, you know, a man playing dress up that <laughs> – the credit for being the first at that is just that's offensive but it is offensive all the way around um it, it's an assault on god's law an assault on our um, basic biology as well well with that mandate to use the preferred pronouns and that's starting in the uniform public health service what when did all of this gender um, sensitivity and diversity training really ramp up in the military? I don't recall that being a part of military curricula prior to the Obama administration. Did it start earlier than that or was that really escalating mm -hmm. under the eight years of Obama? You saw critical theory, and you really do have to put it in terms of critical theory as a as a Marxist principle, right? That's the, sort of the neo-Marxism. It really did come in during the Obama administration because that's sort of his belief set. So um, that's that's his education background. That's that's who he was. So you saw military bureaucrats within the military achieve promotions and rank because they had the right ideology right they fit the bill of that ideology and so you you saw it come in then 
and and be at higher levels than it ever been before. Um, and I think that that really um, that's that's the push that came in during the Trump administration early on. I don't think anyone in the Trump administration realized how much of a problem it was. And then, you know, but you you had military leaders like General Milley, who, when Trump tried to make changes within the military, they just refused to refused to follow orders. They refused to carry it out, um, believing they would outlast Trump. Um, and they did. Um, but the the last piece of it where I saw it personally was after January 6th, um, January 6th was used as an opportunity to bring in all of these um, stand down days within the military. So entire days of standing down and doing training and it, you know, they, they marketed it as anti-extremism training, right? And then there was the 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 BLM related um, training as well that was pushed on the military as it was everywhere else. But it was really those stand down days when we were going through anti-extremism training that you would be talking about extremist positions. And then all of a sudden you would see in the midst of that training um, things about gender inclusion, gender equity, um, radical transgender ideas all of a sudden just come in as part of that training, just disconnected, but all of a sudden it's there. Um, and it was done in such a way where it was equating it to racism or, you know, domestic terrorism, things like that, you know, opposition to it. So it was a very sort of subtle time where many in the military didn't want to look like they were supportive of January 6th or election deniers. So it was this weird thing where if you said, wait a minute, why are we teaching radical gender ideology that has nothing to do with science or traditional values or truth? Um, and the problem is it was done in such a way that if you pushed back, you would be labeled as some kind of an extremist or or something else. So it was very subtle, very deceptive, and just very odd the way all of these Marxist principles were just thrust on the military in a very short period of time. And they used things like January 6th, election denial, um, you know, COVID vaccine hesitancy as a vehicle to bring that stuff in. It, it's really very chilling how rapidly this was implemented and how quickly people submitted. That, that's what is really quite alarming. In what do you what are your thoughts about the best way forward for those still in the military trying to do the right thing who are people of faith and it can be any faith one of our chaplains said you know my faith may be different from those of the muslim faith but i will defend your right to express your faith and have your religious exemption request honored. And well, I think that's well, how our military has always been. That's how our nation was founded, right? You exactly. Had, you had, you know, you had Christians, Bible believing Christians who understood um, the importance of a free society. And, and so, you know, it is the Christian faith that gave us a free nation. And it was those principles that allowed other um, religious faiths to exist and freedom to flourish. That's critically important. So there's a couple of things that I say. The first thing that I say is, um, you know, get your house in order. And this is what I, this is why I tell anyone that, that will listen is if you are serving in the military today, you need to be doing everything you can to take care of your financial health, your physical health, your family health, and you need to be doing things. And people in the military don't make, make very much money. So this is this is very difficult, but you need to get out of debt and you need to be prepared to, and understand that if you're going to stand up for your faith and for values and for our nation, um, you may have to be willing to walk away. You may have to be willing to resign. You may have to be willing to do something that's going to put your career at risk. 
that's very unfortunate. That's very difficult. But we all need to be doing that, right? We all need to be taking taking stock personally and being fit in every way that we can. That's the first thing. The second thing I will say is we have to continue to build community. During COVID, when COVID first kicked off, um, people felt alone. People didn't know what to do. And there were some very good people um, that that came forward, put a spotlight, you know, people like, you know, Brandy King, who was a grant recipient from Truth for Health um, and others that that were bold and spoke out. And it created a rallying point, it creating a rallying point where people could come together. They could know they were not alone. And the reality is many, many people in the military would have been court-martialed. It wouldn't have been simply that they were kicked out. They would have been court-martialed. That was the plan. But there were so many, including Navy SEALs, fighter pilots, and others that took a stand. The military couldn't court-martial them all. It was physically impossible to do, to court-martial them all. And so it was sheer numbers. It was simply not complying, being unwilling to comply with an unlawful, dangerous order. And enough people did that. And when they did that, the military had to back down. They had to take a step back. And, you know, it wasn't perfect, but Congress did act and do some things that were helpful and that bought time. The same thing is going to apply with these other policies. We we need to be careful. We need to be wise and prudent in how we do it. But the simple answer is do not comply with unlawful orders. Stand firm and rally people around you. We need to be continuing to create communities that uh, people within the military that can stand together because if enough people push back, they will not be able to enforce these policies. Um, and that's what we need to be working on. And I think that is profoundly important advice, not only for those in the military, but for every civilian listening to this because the vice is tightening from all directions. Financially, pushing central bank digital currency that is programmable, that can control whether or not you're allowed to use your money to buy certain types of food or to travel or to buy gas beyond an allowance that the uh, powers that be decide you can have. Food shortages and whether you'll be allowed to purchase certain types of food, vaccine ID passports, controlling your travel, and more lockdowns, they've already announced it. They've already announced the next pandemic. We're not sure which name they're going to ultimately give it, but because they we keep running up the flagpole with lots of different names from Marburg, Ebola, Nipah virus. And they are, seem to be banding around a, the virus of the day. But they're clearly the open border, the invasion, the financial markets, instability, the commercial real estate on the verge of collapse, much as it was in 2008. It's coming from all directions, America. And Davis Young's advice to take care of your spiritual health, physical health, financial health, and develop community and do not comply with unlawful orders applies to all of us as civilians. We are free Americans. It is God's gift of our lives and our liberty. And we answer ultimately to God not government. So strengthen your armor of faith and listen to these recommendations from an attorney who's been fighting for our military service members for many years, but especially in a dedicated battle, much of it pro bono for the last three years of these unlawful orders. Do not comply with unlawful orders, civilian or military. And just thank you, Davis, for being such a role model of an attorney who was not browbeaten by the narrative. You know, we were in a meeting earlier where you and I heard from someone in Arizona 
whose attorney fired him because he did not want to defend this Arizona citizen taking action against the election fraud in Arizona. And he finally found another attorney and asked what was going on? Why did my attorney that I'd had for 20 years fire me on this particular legal matter? And the attorney here in Arizona said, because the Arizona bar threatened lawyers. If you defend people on vaccine mandates and election integrity cases, then you will lose your bar license, your license to practice law. And I thought, how horrific when lawyers are threatened just as doctors were threatened for carrying out their oath to their client and their duty to their client. So I thank you for being a lawyer who stood up for what was right. And ultimately, that was how I felt in medicine. And it is our duty to carry out the commitment we made going into medicine and law and the military. And I thank you for all you've done on that. Your closing thoughts. Oh, I just want to say thank you, Dr. Vliet. I, I agree with everything you just said. It's so, so important. Um, we just need to continue to to stand together and try to get the word out there. So God bless you. God bless Truth for Health and everything that you're doing. And all for the glory of God, Doc. All for the glory of God. Amen to that. And thank you all, listeners. Share our work and join our crusade. You can sign up for our email newsletters at www.truthforhealth.org. Check the archive of all the whistleblower reports on social media, podcasts, and channels, and at www.whistleblowerreports.org. And check out all of our new nutraceutical products at truthforhealthstore.com. Keep the faith, stand strong, and stand against evil. We will be back again with another whistleblower report. Thank you for joining us today.